Hello, I'm Greg Williams, and this is Love and Lordship Live. I want to thank you for joining us. And if you had joined us before, um, something happened. I'm sure it's a spiritual attack, so I'm praying against that and binding that all the, the demons and the spirits that the enemy would try and send against us. And it matters the most. You're going to hear a little bit more about this as we go through that. But I hope you'll, you'll take a moment, check out my tie. It's kind of the nativity. It's got Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. It's got the wise man. We know we'll hear a little bit more about that later. We've got a little bit of our Christmas tree back there. My banner is being repaired, so you don't see that one. But you see the love and lordship sign back in the back and some soft lights and Christmas lights. So I hope it helps to put you in a good spirit. But if that's all you're in it for, I pray that you understand this. If you know Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You don't need any of this. It's nice to have. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It adds some things to it. But we are complete and whole in Him. And the Holy Spirit has made that so because Jesus Christ came and lived and died and rose again. And He's coming back. There will be a second advent. So, we're, we just have three days until we celebrate Christmas, and I hope you keep the Christmas spirit, though, all year through as we wrap up our Christmas time theme this year with the Christmas blessing. Matthew 1, 21 through 23, it says, And she gave birth and brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus, which means he will save the people from his sins, or God saves the people goes on to say in verse 23 that you will call his name also. His name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So I bet you can't guess what the Christmas blessing is, right? Now, in Christmas memories, a couple, three weeks ago, we recognized the ups and downs that Christmas can bring, and we've all been there, right? In Christmas players and stories, we shared unique perspectives from uh, the the. Christmas players, those involved in it, and in particular from the least of those Christmas players, the Bethlehem Shepherds, and the role they played, as well as lessons to learn from them. Today, I want to turn our focus directly to the choice that Jesus made, which makes Christmas a reality, and in so doing, gave us the model for our lives and relationships, that of humility and sacrificial love. Before we unpack this ultimate Christmas blessing, I thought it would be worthwhile to point out some things that you may or may not have previously contemplated or known with regard to the gifts of the Magi, the wise men, and Herod's killing of the baby boys under two years old in Bethlehem that's found in the story in Matthew 2. At about one to two years of age, Jesus is visited by Magi or wise men. We assume there were three because it mentions three gifts, but it doesn't tell us that there were three wise men specifically. They are overwhelmed, and they worship him just like the shepherds did several months before, again, testifying to the fact that God showed the world who, the, who this baby and this young boy was. They presented him with the familiar gifts that we know. Some scholars say they signify his roles as king, the gold, priest, frankincense, and the sacrificial lamb, the myrrh certainly something to think about. Now, this is beautifully portrayed in the movie The Nativity, albeit the wise men arrive while he's still an infant in the cave, which is highly unlikely. Um, but I've got that linked in the words beautifully portrayed. If you'll go to www.loveandlordship.com, 
you will see that in the article. Click on the Read uh, tab, and you will find this one called Love and Lordship Live Christmas Blessing. And you can click on that and see a three- to five-minute clip. And I encourage you to watch the entire movie if you can find it. Our family does it every Christmas Eve, and we're looking forward to doing that again this year, Lord willing. Now, what God does next is nothing short of incredible. In protecting his word, the living word that is that has now become flesh, Jesus, the, we're going to read about that in a moment, the Magi are warned in a dream not to return to Jerusalem and to tell Herod what's going on. That's God's providential protection of this baby and this young boy, his son, our Savior. Joseph is warned in a dream to go to Egypt and then to return with Mary and Joseph to Nazareth after Herod's death. Isn't it amazing how God orchestrates things sometimes clearly and plainly and at other times totally behind the scenes to fulfill his prophecies? God has always protected his word just as he did his word in the flesh. The reality of Christmas is this. Nothing else matters if this didn't happen. Now, I know we, most of us on this that are watching this or will watch this, we know that December 25th is very likely not. Matter of fact, it's not the day that Jesus was born. We know that the church centuries ago decided to celebrate that, to come against the celebration of winter solstice and the shortest and darkest day of the year and the evil spirits and spiritual things that were going on with regard to that. So that's a great move, but whenever we celebrate it, the point is, are we focused on Him? That's what we have the freedom to do. So we can fully enjoy this, but most importantly, we're worshiping Him just like the shepherds did, just like the wise men did. In John 1.1, 1, 1, John put it this way, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14 takes it further. That Word, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. He became us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Isn't that incredible? We're not going to stop there. Here's the rest of the Christmas story. This is what I call the rest of the Christmas story in Scripture. Emmanuel, God with us, that's found in John 1. And then in a unique way, it's told again in Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Follow with me. I'm going to, I'm going to start in verse 5. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, he was God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or held on to, but emptied himself of all the glories of, of, of heaven, taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, the Greek there makes it very clear that he became a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He remained fully God because if he hadn't, he couldn't be God. And yet he emptied the, the divine glories and became fully man, fully God and fully man. What does Christmas for God to take on human flesh really mean? 
What is the lesson for us as his followers? Well, Philippians 2, 3 through 8 describes Jesus' love and humility and calls us to have the same attitude, which parallels the life that he calls us to as his disciples. In Luke 14, 25 through 35, look at this very clearly. I've got this in the article. So go look at it. You'll find the links of the scriptures. But check this out. In Philippians 2, 3 through 5, we find he has a humble attitude and we're called to have the same. Jesus calls us in Luke 14, in humility, we have to place Christ above all, before everything. That takes humility to do that. In, in Philippians 2, uh, verse 6, it says he emptied himself. In Luke 14, 26, he calls us to die to self. Take up our cross and follow him. In Philippians 2, 7, he experienced all of humanity, and he knew what that was going to be. In Luke 14, 27 through 32, he calls us to count that cost. And then finally, in Philippians 2, 8, it says that he gave his all for us, dying a humiliating criminal's death on a cross. And Jesus calls us in Luke 14, 33, to give up all for him. Casting crowns in their Christmas song, God is with it, says it this way. You're the Savior we've been praying for. In our humble hearts, you will dwell. You are in us. You are for us. You are with us. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. From the humble stable in Bethlehem to the humble hearts of mankind. Each heart must have a Bethlehem experience and find room for him, make room for him, clear it out completely for him. Have you received him into your heart and life? Remember the beautiful Christmas story with the incredible characters, events, and scenes? You can't make this stuff up. However, be careful to remember the real purpose of that first Christmas, the blessing given in Christ and what he calls us to do. Now I'm going to wrap up with something a little different today, and I've entitled it as the second part of this message, The Beauty of Christmas in a Culture of Self. December nativity scenes are still quite common, and, and that's a good thing, even in an age where they have become political fodder in our public schools and government facilities, at least in, in America. In the commonness we can easily forget how sharply these scenes call to our attention the self-absorbed culture that we live in. First of all, there's the pure, common teenage virgin leaning over the manger who responded with a humble yes when divinely charged with bringing about the pivotal point in all of history and eternity. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto me as you have said in, in responding to Gabriel's words to her. That's in Luke 138. Knowing full well that the burden of an out-of-wedlock pregnancy would continue far beyond nine months throughout her entire life, her faithful obedience allowed your burdens and mine to be lifted for eternity. Then there's the man who stood quietly beside her, remembered by all of history as good and noble because he put this young woman's welfare and the precious child she bore 
above his own reputation. He raised God's son, not his own flesh and blood, without hesitancy or complaint. And of course then, as we've been talking about the Christmas blessing, there's the central figure. God as a baby. Jesus himself. As pointed out in the rest of the Christmas story that I shared from Philippians 2, he emptied himself of his divine glory, took on the form of a lowly human servant, and in doing so, bore all our sin, debt, and brokenness on the cross. Our disease, our dysfunction, everything. Check out another link I have for you, Self-Giving in the Nativity. It's an article I have linked there. Remember, loveandlordship.com. Look for Christmas Blessing when you click on the Read tab. You'll find more and note the beauty in all that God does in contrast with our culture. To which I would add one question as displayed by Mary and Joseph. Which is more beautiful and fulfilling? The sacrifice, purity, engagement, and marriage that honored God's love for us? Or our culture's self-absorbed and focused alternatives to relationships and sexuality? That's a, that's a central part here. She was a virgin. He stayed away from her until she had given birth to Jesus, and then they had several more sons and daughters, likely. You see? Well, we know that because at one point they came to him and tried to pull him away from the crowds, and he said, who are my mother and brothers and sisters? Referring to the ones that had come for him. You see, without Emmanuel, nothing else matters. If he's not Emmanuel, then Lord, Shepherd, Friend, Brother, Savior, none of it matters. God with us. He not only came to us, he became us to save us and offer us eternity with him. Without Christ, there is no Easter or resurrection or salvation. No chance of it. If Christ doesn't put on flesh, doesn't become human and give up his lifestyle in heaven, and his physical life here on earth as the perfect sacrifice and atonement for us. Oh, he is and always will be forever King of kings and Lord of lords, but he could never have been your Savior and my Savior and Lord had he not become a helpless baby. Become Emmanuel, God with us. That's Christmas. In the womb of a virgin, in a filthy manger, in swaddling claws, in the hay, manure, cows, sheep, and maybe even a dog or two. That's God wrapped in our injured, dying, decaying flesh. Don't miss that. Everything else you hear this season, I'm going to say it again, Savior, Lord, Shepherd, everything could only happen because he became Emmanuel, God with us. He came as us. Enjoy all of it. The lights, the presents, if you get one, enjoy it. If not, remember, you've been given one far greater than anything you could get here. Because he not only came to us, he became us. Enjoy that. Remember that. Weep over that. We have every reason, even in the struggle, stresses, and trials, to rejoice because he came. Because of Christmas. Food for thought as you enter into this Christmas day and continue this season, have you considered that God becoming flesh as a baby at Christmas had to happen 
or would, there would have been no sufficient sacrifice for us on Good Friday. How does the other Christmas story from Philippians 2 in this article, in this post, how does that affect your perspective of Christmas? Let me give you five quick action items. Read the scriptures in this article and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. You know these two. You know that one always, right? Number two, how does the truth of an empty manger, an empty cross, and an empty tomb impact you? Number three, in your prayer time, ask the Holy Spirit to draw you closer to Him as He reveals to you the significance of what Christ did for you at Christmas. Number four, find at least one way to share Christ at Christmas. You're going to share some other gifts. You're going to receive some gifts, likely. But don't miss the greatest blessing, the greatest gift. And number five, I highly recommend that you take the time to watch these with your family and loved ones. The Chosen's The Shepherd, I've got it linked, and Christmas with the Chosen. Now, they kind of go together. You, I, I watch both of them. I highly recommend. Pay attention in the shepherd to what they do in that moment and the things we've been talking about today and the word talks about. Finally, I have one more song that is maybe my all-time favorite. I included it because it so fully encompasses all that God shared with us in Emmanuel at Christmas. Listen to Welcome to Our World. I've linked it. You can find it. You can go look it up yourself. Welcome to Our World. Pay attention to those words. They're powerful. If you've got questions or need help, you don't fully understand all this, Love and Lordship is a safe place. Contact us at loveandlordship at gmail.com or you can text or call me at 859-229-6504. I'd love to talk with you. If I don't recognize your number, I probably won't answer. There's just too much junk out there. But you leave a message and I'll get back with you. I promise you that. I'd love to walk with you as the Lord leads. Let us know what you're thinking, how we can help, and let's engage. See what the Lord does. I ask that you please continue to pray for love and worship in this year in and moving into 2023. And as you pray, thank you first of all. And, and then if the Lord is impressing upon your heart that this is a kingdom ministry, glorifying Him and making disciples and drawing people to Him, pointing people to Him, then would you consider a gift, maybe one time or ongoing monthly gift? You can go to our website, loveandlordship.com. There's a Give tab near the upper right. It'll take you a minute or so, and you can do either one of those. Thank you, either way. And, and if you keep praying and it's not love and lordship, keep praying until the Lord, the Holy Spirit, shows you where he wants you to give for his kingdom and his glory. Love and Lordship's vision, you know, we usually have the banner with it on the top, but I, I always share it. Every life and relationship built on the love and Lordship of Jesus Christ and our mission, making disciples who make disciples in the love and Lordship of Jesus Christ in every home, church, and beyond for his kingdom and glory. If your church or group would like to partner with us, again, message or contact me. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great Christmas season and day with family and loved ones in the Lord. And God bless in Christ.